Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 100. We have made it all the way to 100. I can't, it doesn't even feel like it. Right. 100 times we've done this. It's pretty cool. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Mike. And I'm Tyler. Uh, Welcome. Uh, Thanks everyone who's lasted with us this long and uh, people who didn't catch on at the beginning. Um. Thanks for joining us. So, yeah, uh, we're gonna get right into sports. Yes, and we were actually we actually have sports stuff to discuss today. <laughs> Finally, that's one reason why we're d- taking so long in between podcasts. By the way, is because you know there's really not that much for us to talk about. Uh, yeah, but hopefully everyone is staying safe. And uh, so um, NFL draft, what do you think? Any surprises? Um, the Packers surprised me. I know that was like the obvious one. Yeah, it's the most controversial. The well, but they surprised me in a good way. Okay. Uh, Explain. I, I'm not really because Rodgers is not exactly the healthiest quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love is kind of like a project draft pick, mm-hmm. where you're expecting that he's gonna take time to develop. Right. And if you get little samples of him playing with Rodgers, you know, missing time for whatever reason, which he will, Mm -hmm. like, if he plays well, now you could trade him for, you know, a couple good players. Quarterbacks are, you know, very valuable. Yeah. So, to me, me, I like the pick after, you know, I thought about it a little bit more. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you like it that... Are you uh, surprised they took the chance? I mean, I shouldn't say took the chance, but are you surprised that they look like they are willing to move on from Rodgers at this point? Because I think some people were actually surprised by that. Yeah, but it's like you got to have a backup plan ready. Yeah. You can't. How many seasons have they thrown away? Have they thrown away because Rodgers has gotten hurt? Plenty. Yeah, that can't happen. Yeah. So it's it's like I understand the pick. Mm-hmm. It shocks me that they didn't find a receiver the rest of the draft. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But it's you know you win some you lose some. Yeah. Okay. What what what, what were you surprised by? Um, you know I think I was more surprised how low players dropped. I think I was surprised rugs was so low. Um, Judy was kind of low, I thought. And th- not because I think they're great, but the hype that they were getting, I thought they'd be higher. But um, I, as far as picks, I'm not too surprised by any picks. Um, I, well, I was surprised that the Cowboys got a receiver. I didn't think... Uh, I thought they'd go somewhere else with their pick. But... Uh, they got a lot of weapons, man. You know, from the first round, I really like the teams that selected the wide receivers. I do too. Because yeah. all of them needed one, or at least one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Raiders got a, like a burner that they don't have. Yeah. To open up the field. Mm-hmm. And Derek Carr, you know, has a pretty strong arm, so that should help him out. Yeah. Uh, Judy for the Broncos is also a good pick. Really good pick. And I was surprised he got so low. And 
like you said, I think the teams that really needed one got one, but I was surprised, you know, some other teams just didn't take it since he was there. I mean, he's obviously talented. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I can't say I'm really surprised by too many of the picks. Um, yeah, what'd you think of the quarterback picks? <laughs> I like it. I like it. That, uh, Tua to Miami, I think that's going to be a good fit for him. I think he's going to have plenty of opportunities to show what he's got. Because I think that was one thing people were worried about off the injury. Is he going to be ready? Uh, he's on a team where he doesn't necessarily have to be ready, but he doesn't. It's no pressure, you know? Right. Um, I, I like that a lot. I mean, and I think everyone knew what the first pick was going to be. Uh, most people did. Um, who who else got a big quarterback? Uh, I was Packers? surprised that Herbert got picked so early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the Chargers definitely need a quarterback. For sure. So, he he was probably the, the one I I like the least out of the ones that I saw. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't see Jordan Love at all, but Burrow was obviously better. Tua was obviously better. Yeah. And to me, it was like a different class from him. Right. Uh, right. But, you know, the Chargers, like I said, do need a quarterback. And the Chargers have a good roster, so... Like you said, for Tua, Herbert should have opportunities to be successful. Mm-hmm. And opportunities to fail, which is important, too, for rookie quarterbacks. Right. Fail with no consequences. Right. You got to give them at least a year to suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, the Chargers don't really, because their team is good, they don't need a quarterback that does too much. You yeah. know, it, I don't think they should have just another Rivers, but they don't need someone who, like, you know, they don't need a Lamar Jackson. They need somebody safer than Rivers. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Because I like Rivers as a game manager, but I don't like when he decides to be a gunslinger. Right. So it's like if – and Herbert seems like a guy who can do that at least. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. What about the um, linemen? Anything – stand out to you i'm happy the redskins didn't get crazy mm-hmm. uh they got young mm-hmm. that was big yeah i mean if the giants are happy with this direction i'm happy that they kind of committed to it <laughs> yeah uh but i was surprised the, the lions got a cornerback honestly i was too i thought they'd look for offense yeah um but they're another team like they're they're closer to being a good team than it seems maybe mm -hmm. you know they were playing well with stafford until he got hurt they were playing well with backup quarterbacks for most of the year yeah so it's like i don't i don't know i don't know how much longer they could keep the stafford thing going Mm -hmm. um but again all it takes is for him to be healthy for a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all I got, really, honestly. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, is there any other current event sports you want to talk about? Oh, uh, Gronk. 
Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, it really made me question New England, to be honest with you. <laughs> In what way? It, because all year long, they were like, dude, like New Eng- the Patriots need you. You know, are you going to come back? And he's like, no, I don't even, I, I haven't even thought about coming back. Yeah. I'm so happy with what I'm doing. As soon as Brady goes to Tampa Bay, he, within <laughs> within a month, he's he's out. Yeah. Well, one last ride. <laughs> the last dance. Right. This Jordan <laughs> documentary got everybody motivated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This Man. is definitely their last dance. That, that really surprised me, to be honest. It surprised me, too. And if Tampa Bay doesn't have, like, a top five pass offense this year, Brady got to retire immediately. Yeah. yeah. They're shaping up pretty nicely from what it looks like. Yeah. Um, they're trying to get the roster <laughs> together. Uh, well, real quick, what do you think uh, What do you think the Bengals are going to do this year with – Higginson Burrow, you think it's going to be an instant impact, or you think they're still going to be whack? Um, I think it's kind of going to be what happened with Kyler in Arizona, where okay. they were very competitive, but like the roster is not quite there. Yeah. So it's like they're going to trail off, but I think they could surprise teams this year, honestly. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Oh. And real quick, we, we didn't talk about the second round really, but the second round, um, Diggs and Hertz both going there, and I think there was another really big um, second Hertz round. Hertz to Philly was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. And, I mean, we already talked about the Cowboys. Cowboys might be – they might not have any more excuses now. Hey, it, Dak, we – I mean, this, this is do or die time for Dak Prescott. It really is. They get a top flight receiver, top flight corner. <sighs> if they go, that. if they go eight and eight, and Dak over here asking for thirty five million dollars, better get it somewhere else. You got the new coach. You got the new, you know, system. Whatever. Come on, man. Yeah. You got an extra weapon. Like, there's no excuse now. And those quarterbacks that are going to be available next year, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely on the hot seat for sure. Like, this is really it. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I gotta, I gotta see the Tampa Bay games. I don't want to miss any of them. Really. No. Unless they're like really bad. I feel like they're either going to be fire or really bad. Like one or the other. Well, those saints games, uh-huh. That's two games right there that are must watch. Yeah. That needs to be on prime time. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh anything else? Uh for football, no. Uh there hasn't been any real basketball news, has there? No, I mean I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with their draft. Like, how are they yeah. even going to assign picks? Yeah, that's going to be weird. And um, it's going to be weird how, uh, y- well, you know, no combine. 
I think it's weird just how guys decided to go to the draft or to straight to the G, the G League. That's been weird. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, mark my words, eventually college basketball is going to be like the backup plan. There's going to be a league where guys are just going to go straight to making money. Even if it's not the NBA, Yeah, it's going to be uh, – and this is where – probably the only thing I kind of give LeVar Ball credit for. I think his JBL idea is going to be something like that. Yeah. It won't be that. It just wasn't be... executed well in that situation. Right. But it's going to be something like that where the guy's just going to go straight out of high school and just go to that and get drafted from there. They're not going to bother going to college. The pressure of college, every, actually having to go to college, they're not going to bother, man. It's sad. But I think college basketball will be obsolete eventually. Um, I think it's still going to be fun. It's still going to make a lot of money. They're going to try to find ways to make money. But I, I think so the, many the of the scary players... thing is, are they going to find a way, like a way, to make a rule to force guys to go to college? Uh, I don't think they will. I don't think they can. But they might find a way. But legally, I don't think they can. Um, Man, I, I don't know. It's just because it's hard to imagine that the NCAA is just going to, you know, shrink and shrink. And I don't know. Yeah. Other sports are probably going to start doing that, too. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little bit harder for other sports because, you know, um, I think you get less of a view of talent in high school in a lot of other sports other than baseball. But still, you kind of do because baseball, I mean, other sports is so much about the competition than it is basketball, yeah. you know? Someone hitting threes from 30 feet is hitting threes from 30 feet no matter who's there. But, you know, and dunking from the free throw line doesn't matter who the other team is like Zion was. Right. But in football, the team could be really bad and you just do whatever you want. And there's no really way to gauge how good of a pro you'll be. Yeah, because it's like how they said about um, Lonzo. He's scoring seventy in a game in high school. They said, "Well, he's gonna be able to score some points anywhere he plays basketball." But you know, you can't always say the same thing in baseball. You might only play against guys throwing sixty miles an hour and then hitting. You know, have home run records. There's no way to know how you'd be against guys pitching. You know. In the 90s. Right. Um, I think basketball will be the first because of that to eradicate having to go to college in general. I mean, guys are finding the loopholes already. The Don Maker started the loophole coming out of the prep school. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be sad unless they figure it out. I don't think they can, but I hope they do. I really do. I hope they keep a way for them to go to college basketball. I wish college basketball had a greater reward. Even if it wasn't money, if there was more of a pride to the game. Because it was... uh, They kind of did it themselves by the one-and-done thing kind of made it less prideful to go to college. Mm -hmm. So now, they want guys to come now, and then no one really... Like, why bother? Why waste that year? So, 
We'll see what happens. But it's looking scary when four out of the top ESPN top 50 players are going straight to the G League. Uh, I yeah, think it's hard to imagine just how they could fix it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And the G League, they're, they're going to have to find a way to get the G League more press. If they got six or seven top 25 recruits in there, they got to be on TV somehow. Yeah. No, no one's going to watch the 2 o'clock uh, during the day ESPN 3 or uh, NBA TV games. No one's watching those. So, anyway, moving on. Um, so, for our 100th episode... We wanted to go over uh, some of our favorite memories of one of the greatest to ever play, who we lost this year, Kobe. Um, I think we've already expressed how much respect we have for Kobe, how much we love him. And um, we just wanted to share some of our favorite moments. And um, for people who don't know or the young people who didn't really get to see him as much as we might have, uh, look up some of these moments and look up some of his highlights. He just, he was someone that his game was so flawless in his moves. His moves were flawless. Like everything looked like it was so perfect when he yeah. did it. If you slowed, slowed his stuff down, you could just teach the technique of basketball to anybody. And it was, he was just one of those guys. Um, I'll let you go first for one of your favorite memories. Uh, moments. Well, the easy one is his last game. Yeah. I mean, Kobe, it, that whole last year was kind of just kind of weird because they were so bad. Yeah. And, and Kobe was just like, he really didn't have a good year at all. No, he didn't. As far as playing, it was more just about the fact that it's his last year and him, and he, you know. He only played like 60% of the games. Right. And him making sure he played in the all these arenas for one last time. Yeah. Uh, but that last game, uh, I had uh, initially I was going to watch both the last game and the Warriors breaking the record. Yeah. For for the most single season wins. Yeah. And by early by like early second quarter, maybe mid second quarter, I couldn't change the channel. Yeah. I was like, man, he's just going off. Like, yeah. And the fourth quarter was like everything that I remember about Kobe. Yeah. Like all rolled into one final time. And it was, it was so satisfying. Yeah. Yep. I, I remember sitting in, um, in the dorm and Kobe started off kind of bad. Remember? Yeah. Like he started, I think he missed like his first four. Yeah, he was missing shots. threes like the whole game, pretty much. Yeah, and I remember um, Nigel was like, "Oh man, this this doesn't look good." I said, "I was like, relax, relax, let him get warmed up. It's okay." But in my mind, I was nervous. I'm like, "Come on, man, you gotta. This can't be your last game, not like this." And then we he um, I think he got like a hard and one. And then after that and one, he just started going crazy. Like, it was towards the end of the first quarter, I think he got, like, a tough clutch bucket plus the foul. And then he just went on a roll. 
And then you just couldn't stop. Like you said, you just couldn't change it. And then when it came down to it being a tight game, I mean, he was just giving them straight buckets. They, yeah. Buckets. They He's, wouldn't double him and he was cooking them. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you're right. It was weird because the players, he just seemed so out of place because the players were so young. Everybody was young. And everyone was just like, it seemed like everyone was learning how to play and they only had one player on the team that actually like had some experience playing basketball at all. Yeah. It looked like sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's one impossible moment to forget. Um, one of mine is, man, I should have looked up the year. I don't remember what year it was. But Kobe uh, dislocated his finger in the game. And he was having a pretty good game. But um, he dislocated his finger and he shot a free throw. He came out of the game. They're like, oh, Kobe messed up his finger. It might be broken. They showed him walking off the court, zoomed in on the finger, and it was all crooked to the side. And Kobe went over to the trainer. And he, and um, you could see him snap it back in place, right? Like, oh, yeah, he, he might need a cast on that. The announcer's saying, oh, you know, this doesn't look good. Lakers, he's playing good, too, you know, worried about what's going to happen for the rest of the game. And then Kobe gets up and checks right back into the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two possessions. He gets right back into the game. And, um, I mean, that was just – and he did that often is one reason why I don't remember when it was because he – there's so many times where it looked like he was injured. He was just a warrior, man. He he never never quit. The injury didn't matter if he could play, he was going to play. He was honestly the last of his kind with that. Yeah. I mean, not like, you know, ro- some role guys do that, but superstar players don't don't do that anymore. Yeah, and I talked about it um I think it was last year when um Blake Griffin got her his knee was jacked up yeah and he kept playing in the playoffs yes i was, I, I was shocked because that was the first time i've seen blake do that yeah. it was and i i always appreciate that because of guys like kobe but when you see when you see guys love the game and love to win and love their team so much that nothing can stop them from going out there and playing their hardest for their team it's just a joy to watch and kobe did it more than anyone and um i mean he loved his city loved his staff loved his teammates you know regardless of what everyone said for someone to go out there with an injury making as much money as he makes and knowing that if he could stop playing and still make the money he makes you know he still goes out there and does it man for me similar to that is his uh 2013 run yeah when he was willing the that trash team to the playoffs, yeah, like that whole year, I was like, dude, Kobe's got this. Yeah. Like the late, like you could tell the Lakers weren't gonna make any like playoff noise as far as beating the contenders, right? But I, I mean, was like, man, Kobe's really gonna turn them around. They're gonna go to the playoffs, and who knows? You know, maybe he stays hot. Maybe. Dwight finally starts playing good basketball. <laughs> yeah. And then the Golden State game happened. 
Yep. And Pau Gasol was finally that was like his first great game of the year. Yeah. Like Pau was atrocious all year long. He was. And finally, I even remember David Lee was guarding him, so you knew Pau Gasol had to have a new a good game. Mm-hmm. And it was it's starting to click. Kobe's, you know, hitting tough shots after tough shot. Dwight's kind of found his place. Um, and then he goes down. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that once you could tell what it was, yeah, you knew that that was the last like peak you saw of him. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly, after that, I didn't watch basketball for like a week or two. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I was it was like, like felt like it was nothing to see. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, even going into that first round, I remember I didn't even want to watch the Lakers-Spurs games. Right. I was like, man, it's just going to, like, I'm going to see a player in Kobe's position, and it's just going to hurt. Yeah. It was tough, man. That that was like the first time, uh, maybe not the first time, because D Rose was really tough too. Mm-hmm. But like you knew at that point that it was pretty much over. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. That was a rough, rough time. And that team, oh my god, the team was bad. Dude, he was carrying them. <laughs> he was doing everything he could. Mike D'Antoni had to give him the Tom Thibodeau treatment. Yeah. 47 minutes a night. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it sucks because (laughs) they put that team together of those ragtag old guys (laughs) in hopes to, uh, you know, take over. But it was bad. It was ugly. Um, You know, I think what goes unrecognized is, you know, the teams that Kobe had to go through to win championships. And I know people act like, you know, uh, the Orlando team really shouldn't have been there. And, you know, the Celtics didn't make it. And LeBron, it was supposed to be LeBron versus Kobe. Then it would have been a different story. But people really sleep on the Orlando, uh, that Orlando Magic team. The Turkaloo team. When Turkaloo was... Playing yeah. point guard for the team. Turkaloo and Richard Lewis were like unstoppable. Yes. And Dwight, of course. I mean, it, he he made teams that probably could have been more legendary than they were look so small. I mean, and it was just because his heroics that made the teams he played against almost just not seem all that big and bad. Like, I didn't think the Celtics were ever going to lose after they won their one. Yeah. Like, and they were just ridiculous. I, I thought they'd go on to win at least, like, three more. Yeah. I, it was just, it was crazy how, um, you know, how stacked they were. How they, they fit together so well, too. Yeah. It was, it looked like a perfect team. It really did. Um. So, 
when they came to the what was it twenty ten when they played twenty ten when they played the Celtics right yeah in the finals and Kobe was playing like garbage in Game Seven awful couldn't hit a shot six for twenty four from the field and yeah you when you look. To Kobe, everyone thinks, oh, you know, score. A lot of people want to frame him into the greatest scorer, but not the greatest player. You know, I've, I've heard that a lot. But when Kobe couldn't hit shots, he grabbed 15 rebounds. 15. I, I mean, it, he said, okay, I'm not shooting good. I'm going to get every rebound. He out-rebounded almost everyone on the Celtics other than Garnett. And, um, you know, they turned around and that was when, um, I guess, was the Artest or Metta World It was Peace Ron Artest. I think that was the last of Ron Artest. <laughs> yeah, Ron Artest had a great game. Powell had like a 19-19 game or something like that. But Kobe would do anything it took to win. It wasn't about him scoring. He didn't need to score well. He shot terrible. But... 15 rebounds is like his career high in the playoffs. In game seven against the big three Celtics? Yeah. Against And the guys they had, they had Rashid. They had, um, I don't know if they still had Big Baby Davis. And Garnett had like 20 rebounds. I mean, that's a big moment for me because for guys who are scorers, I mean, how many guys are just strictly scorers would you see get 15 rebounds in a game? Because they weren't shooting well. Most of the time, they just stop playing. Only, only the guys well. that are like near seven feet or near six ten. Right. Yeah, you won't see like, you know, DeRozan or Oladipo shoot bad and all of a sudden get fifteen rebounds. No, yeah. Bradley no, Beal couldn't do that. No, and that's what makes Kobe so special. It was about winning. It wasn't about him playing his best. It wasn't about him playing his game. It was about him winning. Uh, so that's a real special moment to me all the time. What else you got? Um, well, you brushed probably my favorite moment off a little bit, and that was his 09 uh, pretty much that whole year. He was crazy that year. Yeah. I give you know I, I've given LeBron a lot of props for being great that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was in the East. But Kobe Bryant was, like, hitting dagger after dagger all year long. Yeah. You remember how many buzzer beaters he had? He had, like, eight just that year. Yeah. Uh, He had so many game winners. And they were all so, like, clean, so smooth. Except the Miami one on D-Wade, of course. That was still fire. Which was, like, that was, like, the one of the last ones. Yeah. And, like, you knew he was going to make something happen. <laughs> Yeah. As soon as he got the ball, I was like, oh, no. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> D-Wade was so mad, too. <laughs> yeah, and D-Wade, the shot he took is, like, the most fluke, like, horse shot ever. Yeah. And he banked it in, like, cl- anyway. But yeah. that whole 9 year, like, he was crazy the whole season. And he had a tough run through the playoffs, too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Utah, he kind of handled... Um, but in Denver in the conference finals was a battle. Yeah. I loved when he played against Denver and that him and mellow, like just battled, man. And it was so much fun to watch. And he was hit again. He was hitting dagger after dagger. 
he like he had like 50 clutch free throws that whole series. He didn't miss a single one of them. Mm-hmm. He was just cooking. They couldn't do anything to stop him. Yep. And it's like Denver felt so much better than the Lakers did. They were better. <laughs> I mean, Billups was just dominating. Melo was like in his prime. He was aggressive. He was hitting shots. Yeah. And Kobe just like single-handedly carried them to win. Yep. For that whole series, and it was so much fun to watch. Yeah. That's that's probably one of the bigger reasons why I'm so disappointed in LeBron not going to the finals that year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of, Another one of my favorite moments, and um, I actually went to a game this year, and it was the 06-07 season. When Kobe was averaging 32 points a game. Yes. <laughs> let, let me read this roster to you real quick. Uh, Kwame Brown, Andrew Bynum, Brian Cook, Mo Evans. <laughs> you remember Mo Evans? Maurice? Yeah. Oh, man. Jordan Farmar, Aaron McKee, Chris Mim, Lamar Odom, Smush Parker, Vladimir Radmanovich, uh, Ronnie Turiaf, Sasha Vujicic, Luke Walton, and Shaman Williams. Kobe averaged 32 points a game carrying this team. Bro, Kobe was playing for a trust-the-process team, low-key. Yeah. They're so terrible. And they made the playoffs <laughs> with this team, man. Um, But Kobe was just... And I don't have any like particular games, but Kobe was just on fire that season. And I, he was just someone that I really loved watching carry the team. There's not a lot of guys that I really, and I, we talk about on here. It's not a lot of guys. I like seeing get the ball every time up court or bring the ball up court and no one else touch the ball. Yeah. And partially is because no one really can do it in the same way. And no one really does it right. Except when Kobe did it, it just looked beautiful. And no one really cared because it was getting wins most of the time. And he was at leading the league in scoring. What could you do? Yeah. It was It was just a crazy display of putting up numbers. Um, and it was just a fun... That was just a really, really fun year to watch of Kobe's. Uh, but yeah. Um, you got any more? Uh, last one for me is I loved his, uh, I don't remember what year it was. It was maybe 2012, 2011. Um, Mm -hmm. but that new Orleans game back when they were the new Orleans Hornets, Mm -hmm. when he was, uh, like one or two for nine, two for 20 Mm -hmm. and hit the game winner. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, if you, that game was on, uh, I remember watching it. Uh-huh. And the commentators are just roasting him, like, like, yo, man, like it's not his night. He he continues to force it, but maybe he should feed some of the other guys. Yeah. And then he ended it, and I was like, uh, what did you expect? Right. That right. was such a, that was such another like satisfying moment. Yeah. Yeah. He um, what was your favorite team to see him battle against, or player? Team or player. Mello was great, man. 
Yeah, I liked him in Mellow. I liked when they would have their like post up battles. Yeah. <laughs> Mellow they'd hack they'd up. hack the shit out of each other too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but another guy, like, in his earlier years, him and T-Mac used to go crazy. Yeah. That that legendary uh, four-possession highlight. Yeah. Where they go back and forth with the dunk, the yeah. tech and the dunk. Yeah. Him I and T-Mac that. used to have, like, video game battles, it felt like. Yeah. Even when T-Mac was on the Rockets. Right. Because I'm not sure if they played in the playoffs, but I know, I remember them playing... You know, obviously they played against each other more often when he when T Mac was in the West. Yeah, and yeah, they had some crazy battles, fun battles. Yeah, the T Mac was probably, and because of his size and his athleticism, he's one of the few guys that you could squint your eyes and say, "Ah, oh, T Mac might have got Kobe tonight." You know? Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, uh, individually, guys have gotten him every now and then. Yeah. You know, Gilbert Arenas has gotten him once or twice. Yeah. Uh, so it happens. Yeah. But Gilbert... <laughs> T-Mac would do it in a winning effort, though. <laughs> I got you. No, Gilbert would do it regardless. Yeah, because to me, I could say, yeah, Gilbert had a good game. But if he didn't win, I wouldn't say, oh, he got Kobe tonight. You know what I mean? Right. But T-Mac could, could beat the Lakers sometimes, but... But, you know, Kobe took the challenge. He did, every that's, time. That's what we're missing now. Like, guys don't want to take the challenge. Nobody. Like, I, I swear, somebody, like, when Kawhi Leonard starts cooking, guys are, like, trying not to guard him, it seems like. Yeah. And, and really, Kawhi, like, he takes the challenge against LeBron, but there's a lot of guys Kawhi doesn't doesn't guard too but like for some reason he likes picking on lebron yeah but i've seen i've seen Kawhi not guard mellow sometimes or paul george stuff like that he doesn't like the quick guards either no he doesn't he doesn't but <laughs> when it's lebron he's always ready <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then lebron shies away from guys like him i've seen lebron shy from durant oh so much yeah um I swear, after 2012, he's yeah, he stopped wanting to guard KD. Yeah, and I've seen Westbrook have Westbrook will challenge someone for like two possessions, and then he's done for the. <laughs> and he looks good those two possessions, but then he's done. After Westbrook that. Westbrook can't like take can't take getting cooked. Right, like exactly. you gotta take pride in like I'm playing D, but you're cooking me. Like you're Damian Lillard, you're cooking me. Yeah. Westbrook yeah. tries to act as if it's like an even battle. <laughs> yeah, he does. He acts like he got the best of Lillard in yeah. the playoffs last year. Because he had like a, a 50% shooting night. He'll, he'll fuck talk shit. Yeah, like I'm good. Yeah, my team lost by 30, yeah. but I still did mine. No, but, but going back to it, like that's what I respected Kobe. Like he took the challenge. He did, yeah. And he didn't, I mean, if someone hit a shot on him, he'd just say, good shot. Yeah, know, he'd respect that. I've seen him, you know, tap uh, Curry, you know, on the back after Dirk. a shot in his face. Dirk, of course. They had some battles, too. Yeah. Mavericks. Um, I I think I really, really love seeing Kobe against the Nuggets. And, I mean, you talked about it, but those series, every time. Because there was a couple times they went against each other, two or three times. Yeah. I mean, he cooked them when they had AI. Yeah, and I loved 
how many players George Carl would put on them. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen JR on them. Yeah. I've seen um Dante Jones. Dante Jones. I mean, Dante Jones had that fight that time. Yeah. Who, who was the bald guy? Like the little guard. Oh, Carter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anthony Carter. Yeah, so trash. <laughs> He'd be out there trying to check him. That was one reason I loved that. And then I used to love the um the Suns, of course. And they would throw a lot of people at Kobe too. Yeah. Marion, um Raja Bell used yeah. to be Everyone thought Raja Bell was his, like, perfect matchup. And he would cook Raja every time. <laughs> yeah, man. There were certain teams that Kobe figured out, by, especially by the late 2000s. Yeah. Utah was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Denver was definitely one of them. Yeah. And Phoenix was another one. Yeah, he would work Phoenix. And Ash would be so upset. After, because yeah. he'd do his best. Nash yeah. would have, like, perfect games. Nash would have, like, these shootouts and has stand no chance. Yeah. Yep. He, um... I, I really liked those Phoenix teams, too, like, top to bottom. Yeah. yeah they, were, they were fun teams to watch. Utah was a really fun team, too. Yeah, it was, yeah. With D-Will. Yeah. And Boozer. Yep. O'Kerr was my dude. <laughs> AK. Uh yeah, um, I mean we could. It's just so easy to talk about him all day. I know, it so is, many uh, memories. Yeah, um, I mean, and we don't even have to talk about what he's done to the Raptors so many times. Mm. The eighty-one, the uh, that one game where he um had like the the three like last second shots yeah three shots in the last 10 seconds of the game or whatever that was yeah that was crazy the time where uh terrence ross fouled him on the catch and he waited for him to get back in front of him <laughs> and still gave him a bucket you remember that yeah yeah those those moments were great he gave him um, one of his uh i think it was 09 he gave him a game winner one of his signature like drive baseline pump fake you to death yeah and one yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as controversial as it was, and this is when he was with Shaq, the Kings, the Kings series were really fun to watch. I really liked those Kings teams, the Bibby, uh, Peja, Weber, Vladi, the, that team versus Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. Really, really fun to watch. Um, I tell you what, though, the Philly series against Kobe and Shaq is like one of the most boring championship series overall. Now, Iverson was fun to watch, but everyone else on the team was outmatched by everybody else yeah. on the Lakers. Uh, it looked like varsity against JV and like the JV team has one of those like talented transfers that <laughs> yeah, just came in there and we got to see what he can do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or a kid that's like straddling the, like a, Ninth grader who's OD talented just right. came up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I got, man. Uh, he's a amazing father, smart, smart. I would say, you know, in many ways for athletes, he was a genius, um, a visionary, uh, author. You know, he he just did everything, and he taught. 
I I believe he taught stars how to be, you know, multi-leveled. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think LeBron is doing all the stuff he's doing without Kobe where he was. You know, when it comes to shoes, Kobe revolutionized the shoes. Um, I mean, Jordan did that first, but Kobe took it to a new level with him actually being a part of the design of his shoes. And I, I know, you know, Jordan would pick a design, but Kobe was coming with sketches to Nike and say, I want this. Or he, like when he came with the, I think it was the nines, and he said, I want to want it to look like the boxing shoes. Mm. And he had like the Pacquiao ones and boxers still wear those. Um, he just did things that were just, that was so weird for an athlete to do or even think of. And he's just, he's just one of the greatest yeah. humans we've seen. He was a role model in every aspect of his life. He was. He was, his work ethic is just different. His thought process is different. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, so rest in peace, Kobe, Gigi. Um, you know, it, his family has gotten a lot of support. I'm really happy about that. The uh, the memorial outside of Staples was amazing, amazing. All the flowers, the bears, the jerseys, the basketballs. I mean, that, that's yeah, just... I, I've loved like all the tributes they've been doing, honestly. Yeah, I have too. And it, it, you just see the respect from the fans. And I, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be like this for anyone, but he owned L.A. You know, it was it was his home. Yeah. And everyone in L.A. recognizes that. Even people who don't like him, Clippers fans recognize it. It doesn't matter. He was just someone that, and I've said this before, no matter what the adversity was on the Lakers, the players would abandon him. You know, players didn't want to be there anymore. They left. Whatever, whatever squabbles they had. It didn't matter. Kobe stayed in L.A. How many players can you say stayed in the same team their whole careers? Like 10? Yeah. And four of them are Spurs players? <laughs> right. Dirk is another one, and that's it. I mean, who else really? Right. Um... So it's like he's someone who did that, and that's why when people, you know, I know this is a big argument. When people talk about the greatest Laker, it's not about being the greatest player that played for the Lakers. It's about being the Laker. He is the Laker. There is nobody since, who's more Laker than Kobe Bryant. Since from 17 to 38, he was a Laker the whole time. And whatever the team went through, he went through. Ups and downs. He fought for them through injury, through bad health, through terrible teams, through terrible coaches. He was there. And he wanted success for the team even after he left. So, you know, his family went to every game. I mean, you know, it's he, he's a Laker. And, um, you know, I think everyone shows their respect for that. They have to show their respect for that, if anything. So, that's all I got, man, for Kobe. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we could talk anything? about um, we could talk about the Jordan documentary a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, so I, our first couple episodes of The Last Dance premiered last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I got to see him. And I got to say, it's not as focused on the that year that like you would think. Yeah, at least not the beginning. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's obviously a long way to go. But I really like how they're connecting, like, how, how some of these relationships started. Mm-hmm. to what's going on during the last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of good insight about uh, Scottie Pippen. Uh, I really liked, like I knew Jordan's career timeline for the most part, um, but it was interesting to see his comeback from the broken foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, his North Carolina days were very interesting too. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Where to me it was kind of eye-opening where he learned he really learned what it like team basketball looked like. Yeah. And you could kind of feel that carry over, you know, with the documentary as they're showing other aspects of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like, as far as people realizing that Jordan was an asshole, I mean, what did you expect? <laughs> like some people are, you know, there's a lot of talk of him roasting the the jerry Krause for being short and fat yeah in, in that way i will say he's so disrespectful mm-hmm. but like that's who he was yeah like everybody who ever talks about him like knows what kind of person he was right and honestly i respected that he that that kind of allowed him to be as great as he was yeah. Like that attitude of I want to I want to crush, I want to beat everybody, I want to be way better than everybody. Like that allowed him to sustain success. Yeah, and he had the almost the fear me and then respect me kind of thing. Yeah. You know. Um, it was he, a, definitely a mix for him. It really puts in perspective how they like Michael Jordan owned the 90s. He did. Like he didn't, like, this is what kind of separates him from pretty much everybody else. Yeah. And like you said, Kobe was, he owned LA. Yeah. Michael Jordan owned like a decade by himself. Yeah. In every way. Dude, people were, people were spending thousands of dollars to come to see his preseason games. Yep. So it's like. He was just incredible, honestly. As a player, um, I really loved Isaiah Thomas, who's probably going to be on there more because they're going to talk about the Pistons in the next couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he briefly said, like, his, it's like he had an entirely different gear of elevation. Yeah. Where it's like a lot of guys jump high, a lot of guys can cover ground, but he would, like, hang in the air longer than everybody. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to see the younger generation getting to learn like more about him. You know, obviously we didn't get to watch any of his games live. Uh, Not Bulls games, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the other thing is I knew the Wizards Michael Jordan, so I knew that he was an asshole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it didn't surprise me, but um, I my dad took me to a game, uh, the Bulls and Supersonics game when I was a baby. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's. <laughs> I remember, um, not from that, but I remember how much I used to watch 
like his videos when I was a kid. The, you know, Michael Jet, Michael Jordan. Um, what was it? Max or whatever. Like had his workout stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I would watch those every week. Space Jam, every week. Yes. And like you said, he owned the '90s in so many ways. So many. He made basketball so fashionable, and you know this, the Nike style, the shoes. I mean, he was different. He was a freak, a freak. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, hearing um, like you said, hearing Isaiah and someone who people like don't believe like him, it's. And that's kind of what we said about Kobe too is respect. Yeah. They respect him at such a you know, immaculate level. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it's I think it's a cool documentary. I watched them later. I watched them late, but it is really cool. I think um I think it's gonna get a lot better, a lot deeper. Yeah, I, they already got pretty deep into like Scotty's contract issues, which I gotta say was also eye opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if any, if this documentary is doing anything, honestly, it's exposing the bulls. Yeah. Cause yeah. the, the owner's sitting up there like dodging responsibility for basically picking a GM over Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't care how you spin that. You made that choice. Right. So it's, but like you said, it's very interesting. And I think. There's going to be a lot more insight into hopefully what Rodman was up to. Uh, you know, like the Pistons days are going to be very interesting. Yeah. They're doing a very good job building that timeline. Right. Yep. Oh, also, um, to add to our Kobe conversation, they actually, you know, said that they had a film crew follow him for his last year. Mm. So, I pretty sure we can expect a doc from that eventually you know another favorite moment that hopefully will be in a documentary that d wade mentioned is the uh 2008 usa team yes yeah hey man that was kobe's usa team it was so that, yeah. that's gonna be really interesting to see and it, you know that and you're right i'm glad you brought that up because that goes so unmentioned because he really showed everyone who the NBA player was, you know? Yeah. And he was one of the older on the team, older guys on the team, but he separated himself there because he took over so many games there. I mean, it, we normally dominate the Olympics, but the way Kobe dominated was just different. <laughs> so many ways. He dominated the languages. When, when we had adversity. Yeah. Like close games, competitive games. Yeah, we uh, had guys. Argentina was at its peak. Yeah, um, you know, Spain. Spain was at its peak. Uh, you know, they had some good teams. I remember when they thought Rubio was gonna give Kobe problems. Remember that? But <laughs> before we went, um, I I think this was this was twelve. I think maybe, but. When uh, Rubio first like started getting good, in his first time in the Olympics, yeah, they're like, "Oh, there's a kid that they said is gonna rival Kobe." This is after Kobe had a great Olympics the last time. He's gonna rival him, and he's gonna be their answer. <laughs> yeah, they, they hyped, they hyped him up quite a bit. 
anything to try to stop Kobe. Anything to try to lower, anything to create drama because everyone knew that Kobe, no one can really guard Kobe, so they had to create random drama of people. Like I said with Raja Bell. I mean... Yeah, Shane Battier had that little uh, face palm thing he did. Yeah. (laughs) That everybody thought would work at that 40 piece. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, we got anything else? We got anything else on Jordan or Kobe? Um, no, it, it's as far as Jordan, man. It, yeah, I'm excited to see more of the documentary. And the, I got to say, it's more well put together than I thought it would be. It's just really crazy to me that Mike is so surprised with how people will see him as a bad guy. He's not surprised. You know he saw this already. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One little petty thing that bothered me, dude. Like the whole time, so there's like the interview clips with him. Yeah, dude, he has a glass. Like normally, you fill glass with alcohol to you know maybe like seventy five, eighty percent of the way. Yeah, he has his glass filled to like the tippy top. <laughs> I was like, Jordan, you doing an interview? Why you gotta be drinking so much right now? <laughs> right. You, you probably crazy. already seen the memes of his eyes like red. Yeah, he really doesn't look healthy, man. To be honest. Yeah, man. It, he. Some players can do that. <laughs> He's done that for so long, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm play a gem for us to break it up. Uh, new Twenty One Savage and Summer Walker. This is secret. Got a dark skin girl, 5'8 with the brown eyes. We been up and down, had a couple crashes, but she still ride. She go to school, got two jobs, drive the same kid, cause it still slide. Work so hard on the off day, she be still tired. I just wanna take away the pain. I just wanna put you up on game. I just wanna help you make you better, wish you woulda never gave it to that lane. Even if we do our own thing, the bond we got can't be explained. God, I'm just speaking for future reference, cause I understand feelings change. Cause I had a dream about you 
Hope you been thinking about me, cause I been thinking about you. Girl, I'm tryna make you my wife. I done told the thoughts I'm through. If you ever leave my side, I'ma probably lose my cool. We was in high school and your friend said that it won't work. From the sixth grade to the ninth grade, she did my homework. Put my pistol in your book bag, you ain't even own a purse. You done held me down from the jump start, you deserve a verse. You my little secret, that's how we gon' keep it. Got down gambling, feeling like Michael, now I'm finna beat it. Cause I like a couple pictures on Instagram, that don't mean I'm cheating. Cause I'm hanging out with my dogs late night, that don't mean I'm cheating. That was 21 Savage and Summer Walker, Secret. Now, that's 21 Savage's song, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. All right, we have some new music we're going to talk about. Where do you want to start? Uh, The Baby. <laughs> okay. You got uh, to. All right, you go first. Um, I'll, I'll start, you know, it's funny, the reaction to this is quite negative. Yeah, I've heard mixed, I've heard mixed things. And this is Blame It On Baby we were talking about. Yes. Yeah, I've heard mixed things. Um, uh, where do I want to start with this? Uh, the first thing I noticed was the length of this is perfect. Yeah, he's done a pretty good job about the length so far. Um, it's very quick and... That's kind of what I wanted because I just gotten Kirk about five, six months ago. And I really yeah. wasn't looking out for anything new from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to say, the criticisms that I've seen for this album is the ones that I had for Kirk. Which is? Which is, you know, it's monotonous. It's predictable. It's uh, getting getting stale. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually thought in this album he tried different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a little bit more versatility here than by far on Kirk, at least. Right. I just thought, I, I thought he was much better on the hooks. I thought some of the songs had a little bit more depth. I thought the feature chemistry was really good in this one. Mm-hmm. Um... And because it's so quick, nothing really drags. Yeah. Like, there's a couple tracks on here that I don't like. Uh, The Quavo track, I didn't really need. Uh, Champion, I didn't really need. But it's like, because they're so quick, because the album is so short, you don't really even, like, get to stick to the negatives for very long. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed this album a lot, man. What'd you think? Um, I, I pretty much agree. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Kirk, I think, 
I didn't really speak negatively on Kirk. And the baby's one of those guys I don't really have like it's hard for me to say anything negative about. Yeah. Because it's like his music isn't he doesn't really make any like trash songs. It's really more about whether I want to hear it at the moment or not. Yeah. You know? Or whether I like the song itself. And these these songs I, I think I liked them. I pretty much liked everything on here. I didn't I liked pick up, I just didn't need Quavo on it per se. But um I think my only only problem I had with it was maybe I didn't like how a lot of the features sounded like the same person at times. Like and this is just this is nitpicking, but Roddy Rich, Young Boy, and A Boogie all sounded like he could have had Young Thug do all those and they all would have been they sounded the same to me. And that, that's just me. And I like A Boogie a lot more than I like Roddy and uh uh NBA Young Boy, but it seemed like he was trying to have the same sound on everything. And I feel like that is what people criticize of him. And when you have the features, I don't think, you know, he, if he wants to have a different sound, which I think he attempted at and did a good job, the features shouldn't be the same sound though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the versatility on here was great. Um, I wish he didn't have to do his own hooks all the time. Um, that, that's that, probably my only real issue with this. And that's what makes him sound more repetitive. Because it's like too much of him talking on the song. I'd almost rather just him let the beat ride for a little bit in between verses than him yeah. give the hooks. Because the hooks kind of... It, it messes up the structure of the song to me when he does the hooks. But, you know, that's, again, it's a small criticism. But for me, the hook, like, I wouldn't worry too much about the hook thing because I, I think it's a matter of kind of taste. Because mm-hmm. I think his rock star hook is really good. It is. It uh, is. I also think his drop hook, like, really grew on me the, the second, third, fourth time that I heard the album. Mm-hmm. He's good at it. He's good at him for sure. I'm not saying that he shouldn't do any. Yeah. I just don't think he should do all of them on the album, even especially when he has features. You know what the features for? Right. And really, the features he had aren't like rappers, and there's no disrespect to the to all of them, but they're not guys who are like, you know, I just need 16 bars. I know who I'm going to. I'm going to Young Boy. No, I'd rather Young Boy do the hook than give me a full verse yeah. you know what i mean um, he, i thought sad shit and find my way could have used the, like a real rapper on there i agree because I they agree. both were a little bit slower a little more lyric oriented yeah uh and a, a good rapper i don't know maybe like uh maybe like even wale mm-hmm. just off the top of my head would have would have done pretty good on that and i and this is what I was expecting after I heard intro from Kirk. When I heard the intro yes. single, yes, I'm like, oh, we're getting like some versatility. And then the intro's the only song that sounds like that. And everything else sounds like the album before. But everything on here sounds like it could have came after intro perfectly. Yeah. So, um, which is 
mysterious to me. And it's just weird that he dropped the album out of nowhere just now. Yeah, you know what I think his problem is? This is his third project in roughly a year. Yeah. And, and because he's, like, blown up, you hear him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, his Kirk tracks play on, like, almost every radio station. Yeah. Uh, and I think just people have heard him a lot. And just from that, this album kind of, maybe people got tired of just hearing him all the time. Mm-hmm. And But that, that to me is why I thought the length of it was so perfect. Right. If this shit was an hour long, I, I completely would have agreed with the fact that it's like, I've, I've heard all this before. Mm-hmm. It, you know what is tough? And I think that, and this is just a deep dive from me listening to a lot of music and looking at careers. I think that when you do it, how he's doing it, when you flood with the music, it's easier to accept the same sound than it is like if he didn't make an album for like three years and then came out with another album and it sounded like the same thing, he'd be done. Like it would be harder to make a new single. Yeah. Like like Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap had the album. Everything sounded like Fetty Wap. Then he waited a little while maybe three, two and a half years, and he came out with something that had some Fetty Wap sounding songs, but he was also rapping, and no one ever spoke about him again. You know? Yeah. Um. So I think Gucci does this too. Gucci songs, if you listen to a full Gucci playlist, a lot of his songs sound exactly the same. But he has them, he keeps them coming so much, you don't really get like... uh you don't want more because you're like, yeah, it's just, it's, this is Gucci. And yeah. This is the baby. Cause it just keeps coming. Cause you're not like really looking for anything else. But, um, I think that's his, this is his attempt of staying who he is. But eventually, you know, that kind of popularity does wear out because yeah. he's not letting his singles finish. He's not letting them, you know, uh, what was the one? Um, Suge is still playing. Yes. And he's not letting that run through before another hit comes or before trying to make another album. And like you said, Bop is still playing everywhere. And the singles from four different albums are overlapping each other. And it's, yeah, it's tough. It's going to be hard for him to keep making like big hits because I don't really see anything on here being like a, like a play on the radio yeah a lot hit but that's what i enjoyed about it is there's more like gem tracks here it is yeah uh yeah. i will say megan the stallion's verse was was way, way too fast like it really sounded i'm normally i normally like her features yeah uh, but here she was just terrible i didn't like nasty at all really um yeah it was it was pretty much a letdown as a yeah. track Looking at it, I thought it was going to be crazy. And, you know, Ashanti is one of those artists that, <laughs> like, people want to be really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean, there's no disrespect to her because she has some good songs. But people, like, when they see her, obviously she looks great, but they see her on a song, they're like, oh, yeah. Man, Ashanti, <laughs> yo, this might be crazy. <laughs> it's usually not. <laughs> It, her music wasn't crazy. Like she had a couple nice songs. Yeah. Her full albums were not very good albums. 
But people act like she's someone who is just going to come with fire every time. Janae Aiko is kind of the same way. She is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I always find that kind of funny. Specifically about Ashanti because she's older. Yeah. She's like the generation a little bit before us is like, oh yeah, Ashanti, yeah. Okay, this is it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all she has. But yeah. Um, all right. You listened to Don Tolliver album, right? Yes, Heaven or Hell, finally. Okay, what'd you think? Um, this album started off really strong. Yeah, it did. The first two tracks on here are that Euphoria is crazy. Whew. Yeah, man. Even the title track, Heaven or Hell, was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, after those first two tracks, I'm like, like I like this vibe that he's going for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unfortunately, he, he from then he tries to rap a lot more. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> and I gotta be honest, I'm really I'm starting to get tired of listening to him trying to rap. Uh huh. His voice is kind of annoying for just like straight rapping. Yeah. Uh, and he's just, he's not really that good lyrically. He's not good at all. Right. From the stuff I've heard. And uh, Donnie Womack, I actually, like, I enjoyed it a lot more than this start to finish. Mm-hmm. Where from three to about eight, I hated. Mm. I was like, man, like, it's repetitive. His hooks sound like just more of like that annoying rap that I don't need. Um, mm-hmm. I will say it ends on a strong note. Uh, no idea is a really good last track. Uh, had enough. I'd already heard, but it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I, I was disappointed with this album. He is different, which is nice. And I got to say, I haven't heard someone um i don't really know what like the right term for this is but i want to say like i haven't heard an apprentice and his you know mentor like him and travis are to me yeah i haven't heard a duo sound like this good in a while like to when they're together yes everything they make is fire yes they were very good on jack boys yeah together and um and the one he's on on um on Astro World I, I forgot which song it is off the top of my head but I haven't heard a duo like that that sounds good together at the same time in a while yeah um so when I listened to this and I listened to this a while ago I was missing just maybe like two more Travis songs I don't I don't need him to like just have a have Travis collab albums every time but it seems like he was trying to prove something that he just didn't need to prove like we weren't like you said we weren't really looking for him to be a rapper I don't think yeah he hasn't been a rapper in any of his other showings up until now so him coming out with a lot of rap and a lot of you know trying to show that he's multi-talented it may be a little early for that especially when you're doing it alone like if he rapped on a song when travis has a verse 
I probably would have been more open to it than him giving me four rap songs in a row. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, it, it's it was just okay to me. I didn't. I yeah, didn't I, I didn't hate, hate it. it. Yeah, it was. It's just different, so it was kind of hard for me to even like really rate honestly at first. But um, yeah, I just I don't think he's found his like comfort zone yet. I agree with that. Uh, but I think he's coming up, man. I I think within the next three projects, we'll really know, like, what kind of artist he is. Yeah. But this this album didn't like didn't ruin my anticipation for anything else that he does. Yeah, me either. Me either for sure. Uh, because there there were aspects of this I really liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he could get better as a rapper. You know, tw- yeah. twenty one has gotten so much better. Yeah. Uh. That's a really good example. Some guys just like like J Rock developed a lot. Some of these guys just get better as artists too. Yeah. So I, I think this guy could do that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you got anything else that you heard? Uh, no, not no projects. Uh, Wiz Khalifa, but I really don't have. I liked it. If you're a fan of Wiz Khalifa, you should go listen to it. Nothing deep to say about it. No. Okay. Um, I listened to a Japanese pop artist named Rina Sawayama, and I might be mispronouncing that, and I apologize. But um, her album name is Sawayama, S A W A Y A M A. Um. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm saying that matter-of-factly because it has a lot of different sounds on it. Some of the sounds are... She ranges from like a Britney Spears pop to like a Screamo almost to like a Paramore flavor. She jumps around a lot in a lot of different kind of um, spheres and genres. And... I enjoyed it, man. I really did. There was maybe two songs that I just really didn't want to hear, but I'm I won't say the songs I didn't like until um you know, if you listen to it, I'm not going to say the songs I didn't like, but I will say I really really enjoyed XS Love Me For Me and I liked uh Tokyo Love Hotel too. But she um She's some. It was good music, man. It was a nice switch up because I haven't heard really a pop song, a pop album in a while. It felt like not like this, at least. It sounds very early two thousands pop sometimes. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll play one as my as my gem. But I would encourage people if you want to listen to something different, you want to have a different experience from rap or just venture out. I would definitely recommend it. It was a good project. This came out last weekend or this past one? Um, not, not Friday, the weekend before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not two days ago, but yeah. The 17th. I, I might get to it. I, I'm, I get a lot of my pop craving, uh, from, from Dua Lipa right now. So. Yeah. I mean, still hard to put that down. Yeah. It is. Um, Okay, uh, you got any other music? 
Uh, no, it's there's a lot of good singles that I've heard. Yeah, uh, did you hear the Scots? Yes. Did you like it? Mm. <laughs> Dude, Travis is the best hyper in the world. <laughs> Dude, I would hire Travis just to promote my music. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I, compared to the hype, it was really trash. The song was trash. <laughs> okay. I'm <laughs> glad we, hype, we see it the same way. Yeah, compared to the hype. It, don't get me wrong. If like if it snuck out and I never knew anything about it and it just said Travis Scott featuring Kid Cudi, I was like, oh, yeah, it's okay. But the way they hyped it, the Scots is coming. The lo- the album cover is designed by this uh, um, urban wear artist. And, uh, you know, the alien and the Kid Cudi's face was popping up all over the place. He's back. This thing is trash, man. This song is yeah, not good. <laughs> Kid Cudi dropped a single like a week or two ago that, that honestly sucked. Yeah, it did. Uh, but, dude, I, I'm gonna be honest. Is, huh? I, I I'm good with never hearing Kid Cudi again. <laughs> I was about to say the crazy thing is I know some people who are diehard I know. Kid Cudi fans that are done with him. Dude, like, Man on the Moon two, Man on the Moon one and two are classics. Yeah, and he's just been awful ever since. What am I supposed to do when you're trash more than you're good? Yeah. Like, that that tells me what you are. Yeah. It's like he doesn't know where to go as an artist at this point. Yeah. Like, he tries to rap all of a sudden. He sounds awful. And then he, like, he can't really sing. All he can really do is hum in the background. But it's like he does that so well so he can kind of sneak out decent sounds from time to time bro he's like a he's a major case of someone that has been mistaken for artsy that's just weird and it's okay like it's it's okay to be weird he's not that like i feel like he's someone that people thought oh he's just eccentric he's just you know an artist he thinks differently. Yeah, oh, he's just people. A weird dude. Uh, yeah, people just assume like he has all this depth. Like, <laughs> right, no, bro, not necessarily. And he says it. He yeah. says, No, I'm just a, I'm just a geek. I'm just a weird guy, and that's okay. But I, I, I don't understand the hype of him being like this mysterious and, like you said, he has all this depth in his mind and is he's so creative. Yeah, no, people just size it. <laughs> He's just a strange dude, and that's cool. He's a cool, strange dude, and just I'm cool with him just being that, just being some guy who used to make music who's kind of strange and just, you know, whatever. Yeah. I can't believe it has 16 million listens already on Spotify alone, not including the Apple, the Scots I'm talking about. Cuddy's like. Cuddy's trying to leech off of like popularity of other artists. Yeah, and it's just is. like his thing with Kanye was so like generic and disappointing. <laughs> and they try to they try to market that as like this really cool creative thing. Uh, yeah, kids see covers. ghosts, like oh my god. His covers are always weird. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you like the passion, pain, and demon slaying? Some of it, but it's so long. It's so long that if you go back to it, you won't like it. Yeah, I remember when he had Andre 3000. They were like, oh, the two legends are back. The two kings of melodic rapping. I'm like, all right. Yeah, for a decent track and a half. <laughs> Thanks. Every time, every time, <laughs> every time Drake and Rick Ross team up, we get a classic. A classic. <laughs> yeah. Every time Drake and Rihanna team up, it's number one on the charts immediately. I mean. And then even when, um, I mean, there's even guys who really aren't even that good that team up and make better music. Yeah. 21 and Post Malone make a, a fire track every time. Every time. And these guys team up and we get mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, Meek Mill and Wale make a good track every Absolutely. time. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm done. I'm off Kid Cudi. Yeah. What other good singles came out? I, didn't, uh, I don't think I heard any singles, really. Uh, Joji dropped the song, Give Me Love. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple other ones I heard early in the week that I can't remember right now, but uh, Lil Baby had a cool track. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you hear the T-Pain and Chris Brown? No. Oh, Wake Up Dead? Yeah. No, it's, how is it? Mm. <laughs> it's underwhelming to me. Mm. It's actually a slow song. but I'm still really enjoying uh, Joyner's uh, track with him. Yeah, me too, yeah. Um, let's see who else? Ty Dolla Sign had a single. It's pretty good. I actually really like that. Um, I'm seeing. I'm really, I'm really starting to hate Tussie Slide. Uh, I've been like it, it irritates me to hear it at this point. <laughs> People are really hating him for that. I'm not mm-hmm. mad at him. Like, I, I don't mind the song, but it's it's the same shit that happened when Started From The Bottom came out. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a song that needs to be played all day. Right. And they do that shit with him for, with the songs they shouldn't be doing it. Right. Yeah. But I get it. It's Drake. Yep. Like, Tory Lanez gave us all these gems. Radio station doesn't even know who he is, apparently. I know. And I don't like that um, they only play uh, the Jerry Sprunger. That's the only song I've heard yeah. off of there. And, I mean, he has at least two that could come off his last one that could be on there. Yeah. And um, Trey Song's release, Anticipation 2. Wasn't Anticipation, like... Ten years ago? I don't really keep up with what Trey Songz does. <laughs> I don't like when people have two. And the first one is like, I can't even remember when it came out. Like, yeah. Detroit 2. If that's ever coming out. <laughs> but I don't even want to hear that shit. <laughs> I might get to Trey. I'll, I'll bring it here if I feel like it. Um... All right, I'm going to break it up with the gym. And if you got anything else, unless you have something else. Uh, No, as far as music, that's it. All right. Uh, 
I will play this Love Me For Me by Rina Sawayama. song yeah it's tough right yeah that's um rena sawayama uh from her i think it's her second album um yeah and that was love me for me okay um so tuesday april 21st was the uh four-year anniversary of the death of uh, probably the greatest musician of all times, and that's Prince. 
And I haven't, I don't really talk about Prince that much on here because, you know, we stick to the current event stuff. But um, there was a Prince tribute last week, and it was really, really, really good. One thing um, I will preface for people who do know Prince that any tributes, they can only play Prince's first half of his career stuff because Warner Brothers. He was signed to Warner Brothers, and only Warner Brothers music can be attributed, which a lot of people don't know. So that's why Prince has like 39 albums. They only ever play music from four different albums of his, and that's the reason why. But um, it was great. Miguel did a really, really good job with his songs. Her was amazing. She did two songs. Uh, Usher did a couple. Um, it was good. And um, I'm one of the... I'm probably the biggest Prince fan that I know. And my family is really, really close to Prince. Uh, they actually couldn't watch the tribute without crying. It was just really special to them. They, you know, first dates to Prince concerts and stuff like that, my parents. Um, but for people who don't know Prince that well and just casual fans, you know, you might have seen Purple Rain a couple times. You like it. Um, I'm going to give, since this is four years, I'm going to give four albums for people who don't know that much about Prince to check out, especially since his music is on streaming now. Um, and the first one is his second album, and that's Prince, which a lot of people know I Want to Be Your Lover is on, and that's one of his, probably his first hit. Um, and keep in mind when you listen to Prince that this is a different time period. This is 79, I think, Prince came out, um, the Prince album came out, and he was 17, he played every single instrument on the songs, so um, it was, it's impressive when you keep that in mind. Um, the second one is Sign of the Times, and that's a double disc, uh, I would recommend disc two, that's my favorite disc, but um, that album he shows a range of his ability to go different genres, he has a song on there that's like pure rock. He has a religious song on there. Um, he has ballads. He has dance songs. He has songs talking about um, society on there and drugs. And there's obviously love songs on there. Um, that one is probably the best display of his uh, versatility on Sign of the Times. So that's number two. Um Number four, I mean, number three, is uh, the Love Symbol album. And this album was one of the first albums he switched his name from Prince to just this this symbol that people probably have probably recognized now that he was um, using as his name. But uh, that album has the song My Name is Prince that a lot of people may know. Um, <laughs> I remember... Mike, when I was a kid, I went to Dallas Mavs camp when I lived in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> for some reason, I don't know if Tayshawn Prince came to Dallas. For some reason, there was we were watching like a Tayshawn Prince highlight reel. And they would play <laughs> My Name is Prince as like the background. <laughs> <laughs> I, and Tayshawn Prince is underrated, by the way, for a lot of people who don't know. Tayshawn Prince was like a 
defensive stopper for the Pistons, but <laughs> for some reason, I don't know why we were watching Tayshaun Prince at Dallas Mavs camp, but that's one, um, that's the time I always remember from them playing Prince because I was like, oh, I know this song, and no one else in the camp knew the song because I was the only old head at like 11 or whatever. Right. But anyway, um, that was one of his first 90s albums too, so it has a lot of there's actually a lot of rapping on there. He had a rapper in the in his band, New Power Generations. One of, the, I believe, it's the second album after he switched bands. Um, so that has a lot of hip hop vibes on it, and that's Love Symbol. And uh, fourth is probably my personal favorite album, and that's Diamonds and Pearls. It came out, I believe, in '91, and that album is probably the first cross into a lot of the hip-hop it actually is right before love symbol and um it has the hit diamonds and pearls which a lot of people do know um but it has a lot of songs that are very very intimate um smooth that one has a range of smooth to hip-hop on there and uh it was just probably the one i listened to the most when i was a kid but um, it's a good album. It has "Get Off" too. A lot of people know "Get Off," but uh, yeah. So that's my four Prince albums to check out for those who don't know Prince and they've seen the tributes. Um, "Sign of the Times" is probably the only one that they'll play stuff off of in a tribute. So if you hear anything on there that you recognize, that's that. Um, yeah, and uh, rest in peace, Prince. He's a great catalog, so for if you haven't heard it and you like those four, just go look at him on streaming, man. He's tons of albums. Look at the Greatest Hits albums. Um, and I, I'm pretty confident that everyone can find Prince songs that they like because his versatility was just that crazy that he made something for everybody. Their love symbol for sure has something you would like, like anything. Love Symbol is almost flawless. And, I mean, it, it's just it's just tough. It has more stuff that appeals to people probably our age. Yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, that's all I got, man, on Prince is all I really want to talk about. But uh, you got anything else you want to touch? Um, no, as you said, thank you for uh, those of you who've stuck with us for uh, so long. Yeah, hundred episodes, man. I can't believe I've talked to you a hundred times. I know. <laughs> it seems like so many. I know. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's funny now with everybody being stuck at the house. There's a ton more podcasts popping up. Podcasts, blogs. I've yeah. seen a lot of people doing some crazy stuff that I never thought they would do. Yeah. Which is cool. It's cool. Um, I'm curious to see how this affects albums being released. Um, you know, I the baby came out with his album, but really wasn't announced. So I, I'm curious to see how that goes, how stuff is being announced and isn't being announced and all that. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough time. Places are opening back up for some reason. <laughs> but you got anything? Anything else? No. 
Okay. Uh, I will play a Prince song as a throwback. Um, I don't know where to pull it from, though. Uh, you got any recommendations? Uh, no, give me something from Diamonds and Pearls, because I'm probably going to listen to that. Okay. Um, all right. I'll. This is Get Off by Prince, and we'll see you guys for episode 101 soon. Talented boy. around this way so I can work on that zipper, baby. Tonight, you're a star. And I'm a big dipper.
hands. 